0: And welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. I'm Steve Buchanan along with my co-host Julian Edlow as we get ready for week 16 in the NFL. This is going to be our last show of the year. We'll be back in 2023, back in January, getting back on the grind there as we start really to get prepared for the playoffs at that point. And by the time we come back, it will be week 18, I think. We'll have a we'll, week
1: 18 podcast. And then we'll be ready. we have a for lot of moving parts for that.
0: Yeah, 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 because especially, too, uh, if you don't uh, recall, only one buy per conference this year, so that's going to make the playoffs rather interesting, and obviously locking up first place is more pivotal than ever, but we got a jam-packed show here for today before we get into Week 18 there. We're going to talk to Johnny Avello, as always, doing odds are... And then, of course, we're going to have a guest on to go over the board here. Mitch Moss from VEASAN, returning guest here on the show. Love having his insight on the show here. Glad we were able to acquire him one more time before the NFL season is over. We're going to talk to him as well. Uh, just real quick, react to bets from last week. I think we had a pretty solid week last week, if I if I recall correctly.
1: I put out three player props on Sunday that went one and two but other than that that yeah solid the Bengals were kind of our consensus best bet looked
0: a little wobbly
1: um but I was very very
0: angry for the first hour of that game
1: hint hint nudge nudge there here they are again three and a half against the Patriots team that can't even can't even get a game to overtime tied with the ball in their hands and no time on the clock um the player props I put out like so I Isaiah Pacheco, I know we talked about this on The yeah. Sweat, the rushing yards against Houston. Good, solid bet. Got there. Um, and then he was looking a little move...
0: dicey for a while, if I'm not mistaken. He didn't get it until the fourth quarter, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, it took him a while to get from, like, 65 to over yes. 69 and a half. It was a long wait from, like, the third quarter to mid-fourth quarter. But... Um, Greg Dolchich, the, the Broncos tight end. I had his yardage over 39 and a half. back up through it to him well. It's it's just kind of like an auto play against the Cardinals. They're the worst at everything yeah. tight end wise. Hit Hunter Henry props against them. And he didn't. He caught one pass for 11 yards, I think. Um one twice. That, whatever. Those split. The, here's the bet that got me mad. We're going to talk plenty of Jalen Hurts on today's podcast. I bet Miles Sanders... Anytime touchdown score against oh, the Bears, who have allowed, yeah. who had going into that game allowed 20, who have now allowed 24 rushing touchdowns on the season. The most in the NFL, they're allowing nearly two per game. Sanders had five in his three games prior. Why would you not in that game just keep handing it to Sanders? Yeah. Turns out you run it with Hurts, and now he's dinged up. Hertz had three touchdowns in that game. Two of them were for one yard. Mike. You're not going to give it to your running back in any of those situations. You're going to run your MVP into the ground against the Bears. That was the only one I was actually
0: mad about. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Um, obviously, Bengals, like you mentioned, was the consensus here. Love the Texans this week. I hated that I liked the Texans, but it ended up being a solid play. was never a doubt, really, truly. Like, they almost stole that game, it looked like, from the Chiefs for a while. They're just, whatever reason, they're extremely feisty right now. Just something yep. to think about moving forward. I think they're four-and-a-half-point dogs to the, t- the Tennessee Titans this week, which is, you know, move, ooh, ooh, move might be down from seven. Maybe back there again. We'll have to talk about that. We're going to get all that next, but up coming up right now, it's Odds Are with Johnny Avello. Let's get to it.
1: You heard the music. You know what it means. Time for Odds Are with Johnny Avello of DK Sportsbook. Johnny, how we doing? Great to see you guys. Everything's fine. Um. One thing that was great to be seen, uh, or not great to be seen, depending on what sides you bet, were these results of NFL Week 15? Because it just keeps getting crazier. Colts blow a 33 to nothing lead right before we started recording. I guess that was all Matt Ryan's fault because Nick Foles is going to be the quarterback now on on Monday night. Bucks finally get right spot. You're up 17 nothing on the Red Hot Bengals. Puke all over yourselves. Third quarter, one of the worst quarters of football I've ever seen. Bengals win that game. Um, and then I don't know what we're calling the Patriots play. That play doesn't have a name yet. It's going to eventually. Nothing nothing has stuck yet. The dumbest play I've ever seen on a football field um, by – I'm using air quotes now if you're listening – a well-coached team in Bill, uh, Bill Belichick. Which of these results, Johnny, had the biggest implications on DraftKings Sportsbook from these wild games?
2: I think the name of that play was – um, I forgot that it was the end of regulation and not the whole game. I think that's what that play was called. Um, I can't
1: believe Myers didn't think – I thought he was going to say he thought they were losing, but he knew it was tied. He just
2: went nuts. Trying to do too much. It hey, happens to all of us, but unfortunately we're not on national TV when it happens. Yes. Um, some games – the Vikings' comeback was a pretty good ding for us. Uh, not only on the game itself, but there was a five-teamer connected for thirty-one thousand using the Vikings and in-game wagering at seven to one as a start to a payoff of two point eight million. Now, other selections in that parlay were the Dolphins plus seven the same day, and then on Sunday the Browns minus two and a half, the Jags plus four, and the Raiders money line. Uh, so the Raiders game was a double ding. Uh, the Bengals winning was our biggest loss on Sunday. So the answer to your question is, uh, yeah, uh, we took uh, uppercuts
0: that we didn't see coming. And then just kind of looking at the rest of the Week 15 results, were there any other games that was either a big win for the house or a big win for the public this week?
2: Uh, the Bell, the Bills on Saturday, the Chargers covering on Sunday, and the Detroit Lions, who continue to win football games, were they were all good games for the public uh giants beating the commanders eagles not covering at the bears and houston keeping it close against the chiefs they were all good for us
1: steve's bet what is it now houston's four and one is a double digit dog that's right yes that's right hanging hanging in games um all right obviously the big news to start going into nfl week 16 that cowboys eagles line starts moving out of nowhere MVP odds, future odds odds start shifting out of nowhere. What's happening? Jalen Hurts, shoulder injury uh, on that tackle in the Bears game. We'll have a couple of questions on this one for you, Johnny. So let's st- keep this first one just to the the Dallas-Philly game specifically. What has that injury meant in terms of line movement for this game? How, how are we seeing the splits move on this game?
2: We opened Dallas at home one and a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, and on Monday morning, they started to lay it. So, you know, the traders caught the news and took took it up to five, uh, you know, just on air. It continued to head north to six, and now it's settled back to four and a half. You know, the, the backup quarterback would be Garner Minshew, who's not really bad. The potential problem for the Cowboys is that their rush defense is pretty awful. So, Herc's playing is... And you know, so Hertz playing is an issue. Minshew doesn't run, so that increases their chances. Um, You know, right now the splits on the game is we're heavy on Dallas, but you know there was some buyback. Personally, I wouldn't play Hertz if I were to coach Uh, my my coaching decision because he it doesn't mean anything except possible MVP honors. That's it. That's all really this game means.
0: And speaking of the MVP honors, how was the implications of his injury? really kind of affected the market here. really kind of seemed like it was just down to a couple of players here. Uh, the news came out Mahomes immediately moved to the favorite here. So what implications have come to that MVP market since we got that news as Jalen Hurts is injured?
2: Well, it's still between just a couple of players. You know, at this time of the year, with the race so close, missing a game can potentially drop a player sure. significantly. So you got Mahomes at home versus the Seahawks. Allen's at the Bears, and Burrow's at the Patriots. I believe all those matchups favor the Chiefs quarterback because the home field and the weather, which looks to be a bear in the Midwest and East Coast. Because of that synopsis, Mahomes went from plus 150 to minus 330, Hurts from minus 150 to plus four and a quarter, and Allen and Burrow both dropped in the price also.
1: All right, so we're late in the season. This can be a time that I actually like to bet some futures in terms of like win totals, playoff, division markets. They're all still live on on DraftKings because it's just a it's a tighter window. We can kind of see the future better than we can back in September, October, whenever you want to bet it. So is anything particular that you guys have up on the board at DraftKings Sportsbook taking a good amount of money at this point going into Week 16?
2: Yeah, there's some stuff in that area. The, the Lions to make the playoffs – now down to, yes, plus one 125. Who would have thought that? Uh, Jags <laughs> now plus 125 to make the playoffs and win a division. It's the same thing. Either you win a division, make the playoffs. If they beat the Jets uh, and Texans in the next two weeks, and then they get the Titans at home in that final week. Uh, division winner. That's what it could turn out to be. Uh, Bengals were also taking money to win the division. They were plus money all season long, and now they're at minus 195. And this is an interesting one, guys. The Packers over seven and a half wins at even money. Um, it's an interesting bet. With currently six wins, you got the Dolphins up this week, and then you got the Vikings and the Lions at home to end the season. Of course, if they win this week, they're in good shape. But if they lose, what happens in the last week? You know, Do they play all the players? So... Yeah. It's a tough bet it's a but it's certainly a bet that makes you think.
0: And now looking ahead towards week 16, obviously a little bit of a funky week here all the games most of the games are happening on Saturday on Christmas Eve, only three games this coming Sunday on Christmas Day. but with that in mind, uh, which games have been uh, seen some of the early money so
2: far? Uh, the, the Thursday night football jags at the Jets. That is down to one from one and a half. The totals dropped like a rock. Uh, 36 down from 42. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, that that's the early game that's been taking some money. Um, and any games that you think we
1: might see move more on this week 16 card? And I want to include Dallas and Philly here because you said there was some sharp buyback and the Eagles are, like, refusing to actually rule Hurts out, but... If Hertz was to be ruled out, do you see this going back to the five and a half six?
2: Yeah, possibly. Um, you know, I think it's got to a point right now. What you see sometimes is this movement. And then you think maybe you're going to see some, you know, real big movement because there's some other news. And sometimes that doesn't happen. Right. So um, I think it's kind of where it's at right now, where where it's at is probably where it's going to end up. Uh, the Giants take they've been taking some action. They're down. To four um, from four and a half, the money line's been hit pretty hard, one sixty-five from one ninety. Um, Lions up to three from two and a, two uh, and a half on the road at Carolina. Chiefs up to ten at home versus the Seahawks. Uh, Steelers now two and a half after opening up one. Um, and then the Raiders, and uh, you know the Raiders. Uh, I don't know what to tell you about our Raiders. <laughs> But <laughs> it's just been uh it's been one of those seasons for the team on this on the on the end of anything that could possibly happen this year. Um the Jags some stuff that you guess might move more maybe the Jags to a pick or even the possible favorite in, in that game against the Jets. Uh the Bengals are certainly gonna take some play. Three and a half, I could see four at New England. Um and the 49ers, crossing the seven at home versus the commanders. Uh, I believe that will also happen.
1: All right. It's uh, it's bowl season, Johnny. We talked about it a little bit on this podcast before, how tough these games are. So many moving parts. The lines can move like crazy. Um, first off, any big winners and losers for the public so far in these bowl games? And then second off, any of these ones left on the board that have recently taken a lot of money on
2: one side? Oh, there's a lot on the board yet, but, uh, the public did. And so far the the public did well in the Marshall Yukon contest and the Oregon state Barry in Florida, yeah. uh, and also Fresno beating Washington state. We did well in the Boise, not covering against North Texas, BYU beating SMU. Cause that line actually flipped and SMU yep. being a favorite and then Troy beating uh, USTA. So, um, Yeah, besides the two semifinal games for the national championship, uh, you know, Missouri's drawing some action for some games coming up. Uh, Playing uh, Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, Utah State playing Memphis in the first uh, responder bowl. They've been playing them. And uh, in Oregon over North Carolina, that one's moved four points, guys. So, and if you look at, this, at the, uh, the games, what we open them up and where they are now, there's a lot of games that have moved anywhere between two and four points. Now, some of that has to do with guys not playing. So, you know, we jump in and move those. But some of those, a lot of those have to do with the money. And then let's wrap this
0: up with a little bit of baseball because the baseball just sides version of Josh McDaniels going to the Colts. Because Carlos Correa, after committing to the Giants, something weird happened with the physical. Now all of a sudden he's a New York. Met goes over to Steve Cohen and the Mets. Now the Mets have spent a you know just under a billion dollars so far this offseason. What movement did we see on the Mets' future following the Correa news? I did know that the uh, excuse me the Giants went from thirty five to one to win the World Series, a so fifty to one after that news dropped there. And what's the World Series handle looking like now on the Mets, who look like one of the better teams in the National League?
2: Well, the Giants can't catch a break. You know, they're trying, they're trying to get somebody, and they can't get anyone. Um, you know, so for the Mets, you know, we've got two shortstops that we're paying uh, six hundred and seventy sixty five million dollars to. Um, so, but you know, one's going to third base. We know that uh, Mets were already taking money. They're currently plus seven fifty. They were nine to one. Uh, but they've been played since we put the World Series up six weeks ago. Uh, for the pennant, they're 350, the same as the Dodgers. Uh, the Mets are going to take money all year long. Guys, yeah. if the Mets don't win the World Series, uh, there's going to be a lot of disappointed Mets fans out there, including myself. <laughs> all right. There we yeah, go. I think right.
0: New York's going to burn if one of those teams don't win this year.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, there we go. Another edition of Odds Are with Johnny Avello on The Unreasonable odds podcast uh, we will be right back with mitch moss from Vison joining us uh, johnny thanks as always for joining us you're welcome guys
2: survivor 46 is here
0: and so is on fire the only official survivor podcast and we have a twist this season
1: Thanks again, as always, to Johnny Avello for joining us for Odds Are. And as promised, our guest host of Follow the Money on uh, VEASAN, our friends over there, uh, former guest of the show, Mitch Moss. Mitch, how you doing, man? Hey, guys. What's going on? Just uh, just grinding out another week of uh, ridiculous football, as as I'm sure you guys have been doing on your show all week. Um Discussing the Colts Vikings comeback, um, the Bengals comeback, the ridiculous Raiders Patriots finish, um, which is undoubtedly in my mind the dumbest play that I've ever seen on a football field. Uh, before we get into the board, I guess, and and some of the markets that we got going on at DraftKings Sportsbook, any any particular Week Fifteen takeaways that that you felt need to be touched on uh, from this week outside of everybody's takes about how dumb the Raiders-Patriots play was?
3: Well, I will say that, you know, we've had a lot of situations this year, uh, last year, and uh, probably, you know, probably every single year where something happens in a game where it's a, you know, situational betting uh, can be a big part of uh, people handicapping this sport, you know, college football, uh, most sports. But a lot of times when... There is an overreaction. It goes the other way the next week. I don't. I want to know how that's going to like play into everything with the final three weeks because, I mean, you could have made the case the Colts were dead team walking. I mean, countless times so far this year, but they actually showed up the next week. Um, I, I would point to the Raiders from last year when they went through the Gruden mess, the Henry Ruggs tragedy. It was nonstop with the team. They made the playoffs. Like they had so many spots where it's like, there's no way they're going to bounce back this year and win the game or be competitive. And yet they would cover. Um, oh, Gee, sorry. Uh, so I would look at like that's some. This is fun.
1: Huh? All right, it's a podcast. Most people are going to be most people are going to be listening. We do clip up for social. We probably won't clip that up. Maybe save it for the bloopers. Okay, if it happens again. I'm going to change it, obviously, the full
3: thing, because <laughs> uh, it very well could. Um, but so that's where I'm kind of at. And now the Colts changed quarterbacks this week with uh, Nick Foles. Yep. Uh, and Jeff Saturday, you know, y- we can laugh at him all we want. Uh, there's a chance he actually gets his head coaching job. We don't know how Jim Mercer is going to approach this thing. I mean, they're drinking buddies. They're good friends. And Jeff Saturday never should have been given this job anyway, this opportunity. And he was. So I think that he's going to go out there and try to like, you know, rah, rah, the guy's to the point of, um, you know, competitive being competitive on a, on a weekly basis, despite them playing for nothing, uh, and the same thing for the. I mean, the Bengals look way too easy this week against the Patriots, right? I mean, way too easy. Yep. And that's the one thing that I'm a little afraid of here in Week 16 is that when it looks way t- too easy, you know how that goes. It's like at the end of that game, you're like, "Damn it, they got me again." Yeah. So I want to fire uh, away because I, I am. I'm so high on the Bengals. Um, I love this team. I have futures on this team across the board. Um, but do I want to add that, you know, add add that game again this week? I'm, I'm still undecided.
0: The thing that I will say, though, about the Patriots, and, like, this would be, like, a classic spot where, like, the Patriots would get things right against, a you know, a much better team, no doubt. But if there was, like, one takeaway I had from that Patriots game, aside from the play at the end, is how undisciplined this team is. Like, it's crazy to think about in a team that is run by Bill Belichick, some of the penalties that they're taking to some of the overall, like, dumb decisions they're making on the field. Like, it's so uncharacteristic of a team run under Belichick. And I think right now, like, that's one of their biggest weaknesses. It's just they're not they're not being coached properly. They're just not disciplined. And that's what I think could end up being why the Bengals would still cover this game, win this game, or whatnot, just because this is not a Patriots team you used to seeing.
3: You're exactly right. And I think probably going back over the years, if this was a different Bill Belichick coach team, I would be looking stronger at uh, the Patriots in this spot yeah, and they would be a consideration. Right. I mean, because like, you know, whenever a play pops up uh, at the goal line, when a player reaches for the pylon and they lose control of the ball and it goes out of bounds and you always hear like former players that were coached under Bill Belichick, they will come out like on social media or they'll talk about this like, that would not happen if you're on the Patriots. Like, we don't do that. Belichick yeah. says you'd never reach for the goal line in that spot. In case you fumble, it's going to be their ball at the 20-yard line. You don't want to take that chance. It just it feels to me like you're like this is that wouldn't what was that from Myers? I mean, I I you you're right, Julie. I mean, this is like we could talk about this for the next month, probably, about how awful that play was. And it wasn't just that. It was, you know, Stevenson started the whole thing. Yep. Like, does, does that yeah. happen? Two, three, five, ten years ago, under Bill Belichick, where a guy t-
1: not a chance. I, I don't know and exactly. I don't know if you saw Belichick this. Either. If you saw this part, when Steve obviously like you're trying to run the clock out, whatever. Then Stevenson makes something of it, and then it's like, ooh, maybe we have a chance. So you see where his head's at, and he makes a relatively safe pitch, um, particularly compared to what Myers threw up there. Um, a relatively safe lateral, so like not the end of the world there. Even if the Raiders fall on it or something, but. When he threw that backwards, you can somebody tweeted out a clip. Matt Patricia's clapping on the sideline like, yes. as he throws this backwards. So was that is that a good thing? That's what your offensive play caller wanted? Is that what you were planning? i I just don't get why that would even be a consideration, but there is your guy who's gotten crushed all year for this offensive scheme clapping it up when that happens. I just I'm baffled by what whatever the decision making is that's going on with the Patriots. That's another thing, too, is that uh, could they throw more
3: screen passes? I mean, it's Maybe. just it's impossible to watch his team on offense. And I I get it with Matt Jones. I mean, Matt Jones was going to win the rookie of the year last year until Jamar Chase caught fire at the end of the season. Like, he was a $5 favorite, if I recall correctly. Yep. The, the guy can play. But, I mean, how many times, have, you know, does the game go to a commercial break? And here's Matt – I mean, he was – you heard the – it was – it came across the TV a couple weeks ago when he dropped the F-bomb, right? I mean, that's just like – that doesn't happen either very often on a Bill Belichick coach team. And that's – and every time I kept – and I'm watching the game live. I'm big on fantasy for last week, and I kept refreshing. And I'm like, "How Matt Jones still has 60 yards passing or in the third quarter. Like, what, what is happening right now? So all of that combined, um, it's just the whole thing is so weird. And this is, again, the whole idea of, of Patricia being the guy in charge of the play calling and what they're doing on offense is just it's, – it's a throwaway season really for the team the way it feels.
1: It's uh, I, so I'm already invested in this game personally because I took some some look ahead minus three on the Bengals, thinking it would go up, and it did. It was three and a half. It touched four. Interestingly enough, as we were recording, it has come down to three on DraftKings Sportsbook again. So I've I've gotten myself no value. I guess it is minus one fifteen, and I got minus one ten. So yippee. It's at minus one ten now. It is, <laughs> all right. Well, I, then I've done myself nothing, and here we. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. I'm, I'm team Bengals, whether I, I like it or not. Um, the, the difference with this Patriots team, we're talking about the, undis- the undisciplinedness of them. And it's something that I found myself saying all season when Alabama would have those like 20 flag games. Like, where is this coming from, from this type of team? I, this is one of those ones you said you're like you mentioned mitch you you look at the betting splits and you say it's one of those spots you got me again if there's one game that i want to play the rest of the season looking at these spots, spots for the patriots i do think this is like a end of the line spot for the patriots after the way that they lost that game on back-to-back west coast road trip now you're coming back home to a team that's playing as well as anyone like i I don't have to make the case for the Bengals. Everybody knows the case. The reason you stay away is because the number is so so fishy, I guess. But I did go back and look. I thought it was interesting. The last time the Patriots lost a game like this, and this was a worse loss, but the last time they lost a game like this was that play in Miami with the Kenyon Drake play and Gronk was trying to tackle him at the end zone. The Patriots did lose and fail to cover the next week against the Steelers in a really big game, so they didn't bounce back from that one. Um, now they, after that game against the Steelers, they did not lose again and won the Super Bowl. That's not going to happen this year. I can confirm that, but they were unable to bounce back the last time they had a play like this. So, um, take with that and, and, and do what you will, I guess. Mm -hmm. All
3: right. Yeah. So I guess that's, uh, that's the whole thing that I'm, I'm trying to, you know, ponder this week again, too, is, uh, and, and, you know, maybe when you look at that chargers game against the Colts to cap off the week. Boy, now I'm looking at the DK app. They're up to five. So that's the movement on uh, going from Matt Ryan to Nick Foles. At some point, (laughs) I just, I know how this is going to go. At some point I'm going to have to bet on the Colts, even though this is what we're talking about, right? Is what do they have to play for other than maybe Jeff Saturday using that high school, you know, attitude of like, come on guys, get the pom-poms out. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, I want to keep this job uh, and fighting for whatever reason, but they're, they're dead. But They also had a 33 nothing lead last week against the Vikings who thought that that would ever happen. And they really didn't do anything in the game, but they were just gifted the game. And if any team could gift uh, another team opportunities in the league, like that would be the chargers, you know, despite having, you know, Justin Herbert who makes a zillion good plays every single year. And that pass that he made to set up the game when he field goal last week was just hall of fame. Good. I mean, he just, that ball was going so fast on a dive. It was so impressive but you know how the charger if this number keeps going up at some point uh i'm going to have to probably hop in on, on the Colts
0: yep
1: i i would argue that Foles is an upgrade from Ryan at this point in time or at least 100% equal, at least an equal yeah. if we want to be fair and so now it's it's up to five they're at home um, they have the longish week from a saturday to a monday to come back from that backbreaking loss and yeah i think like you're mentioning, Mitch, the the high school mentality or whatever of Jeff Saturday coaching these games, at least the Colts who have nothing to play for probably want to come back and show that they're not laying down after the way that they gave up that game. So the way the number's trending, I'm, I know that the the Chargers have plenty to play for, but yeah, this is this is looking like a Colts game. Um I know you agree, Steve. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean I I I have nothing nice to say about Matt Ryan. Like his ball security this season has been brutal. Just his time in the pocket doesn't doesn't move, and just taking sacks has been brutal. At least you'll get something out of Nick Foles. Like, and this is kind of like why I was so excited about Ellinger taking over because like he's the complete opposite of Matt Ryan. I wouldn't say Foles is a opposite of Ryan, but he's definitely an upgrade. And I think, yeah, yeah. like like Mitch said, if this continues to keep going, at at some point you're going to have to take the Colts here. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, we're spending a ton of time talking obviously about the Patriots Raiders ending and that's led us into the Patriots game. Um, had that not happened, everybody would be talking about, and we are talking about Jalen Hurts, um, and this Dallas Philly game sits at or opens one and a half, uh, favoring Dallas. It starts moving on Monday. What's going on? Then we get the Hurts news touched as high as six on DK Sportsbook, settles back down as we record on Wednesday afternoon at four and a half um i took a bunch of dallas on the money line just before this came public and i'm with the plan of hedging i kind of like the philly side in this game to be honest with with minshu and a much healthier team that dallas defense is destroyed i wish they had hurts to run the ball they don't but they have miles sanders and Minshew can pass against that dinged up dallas secondary um for me, this is just a question of how much I'm going to buy out and when I'm going to buy out. I should have done some at six. I'm hoping it goes back to six if and when Hertz officially gets ruled out. Um, but as Mitch steadies his camera as well as he can. <laughs> there he is. There he goes. I will uh, toss it over to you and, and just get your thoughts. We'll talk about futures markets and stuff after, but just the Philly-Dallas game. Thoughts on on what that means and, and where you think the number should be.
3: Okay, I'm going to apologize in advance because uh, I know it's going to drop again. All right, well, I thought I had it set up beautifully, but uh, it's a Mickey Mouse operation. We'll, right we'll set it over,
1: over under three and a half for the podcast that's two
3: that's a good number it's solid that's two it's going to happen one more but i think after the next time it happens i will have to make a complete shift and change the angle and i think at that point it'll be okay all right we'll see so uh i definitely i missed out on this move the other day um and it just i was tied up And, you know, you look away for three minutes and it goes from two and a half to three and a half. And by the time you sit down, you're like, wait, now it's four. Now it keeps going. Like, what am I missing here? But it's like uh, another example of how the market generally can get ahead of. Uh Uh-oh. So the other day when this line move, uh, when it was taking place, you know, you get tied up, life happens, and you're like, okay, wait a second. I missed, I missed, you know, the lane the two and a half, I missed the three, and then all it's three and a half, and you blink, and it goes, bye-bye. Um, and then it goes to six, and you're like, okay, it was six before the actual news came out. And you're like, what is happening? Um, is it like mass injuries across the board for Philadelphia? But then you find out that it's gonna be hurts the way it looked at the time, and then so the brain starts processing. Do you need to come back in on the other side right now and take a little Minshew and the Eagles plus the six? That's what people did. And so I have nothing on this game, but I will tell you that if it goes back to six, I'm okay. Taking Minshew plus six points at that point. Cause I think, you know, Philadelphia, they can lock up everything in this game. Um, division one seed home field, all of that. And I think Minshew has to be one of the top two or three, four, whatever uh, backup quarterbacks in the entire league. I like him. I think he's pretty good. So I think that would be, I, I think Hertz was going to win the MVP. Um, now it's completely up on the air. It doesn't look like he's going to, but I, I you know, so, but the drop off there, I think if you get a, a number like six with Minshew and the Eagles, I'm okay with that.
0: I just, I just worry that Hertz is not ruled out yet. And I, and I, I, I worry that something is, if they haven't done it already, that's what worries me too. Cause obviously this game is on the Saturday slate too. So we do have a shortened week too. So, um, I mean, I, I have no issue back in the Phillies, any uh, excuse me, the Eagles anyways, still in baseball mode. And I just worry, I, I just wonder if Hurts is going to end up playing, and I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. Like, that's kind of what worries me about this game overall.
3: Yeah, that's a, it's a f- totally fair point, uh, what you said there. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. What, I mean, and the fact that they're still kind of up in the air about that, like taking their time, uh, it hasn't been ruled out yet. We're going to wait and see why. Why? I mean, there's no point. I mean, you can if you just give him a breather this week and you lose the game, you can still take care of the Saints next week and everything's going to be in order here. So, uh at that point, you know, that's funny because if if Hurts actually would play and the number would crash all the way back down, then I'd probably be intrigued by the by the Cowboys at that point. Right,
1: yeah. I my only question, I I think Hurts is is out. It's a short week road game that you don't need. Is this the gamesmanship that we've been seeing across the league on your Lamar Jacksons and your whoever of just saying, "Well, yeah. I don't really need to tell you if he's in or out. I'm going to let you figure that out. I'm going to let Dallas game plan for for two quarterbacks, including one that nobody's seen yeah. this season, and just make it all that more difficult." Yeah, it's uh, a good point. Yeah. So I don't. That's my. I think Hertz is out for this game, even if it's not long term. We'll see after that. An interesting look-ahead spot, too. I don't know if you guys had looked ahead, but they, they do have the Saints next, which Philly owns New Orleans draft pick. So if there's any game you want to win, arguably it's the Saints because you only need one court to <laughs> your status and then you win another one. That could bump you from like the 10th pick to the 5th pick in in the draft. So now all of a sudden a, a weird Saints game becomes more meaningful to you than a Cowboys game to the Eagles. Um yeah. Just because of that that trade that you have on the books.
3: 100%. Yeah, that,
1: think of that. Of all things, that's the game that you want, and it makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, snuck up out of nowhere, but the Eagles don't care about the two Cowboys games on the schedule. They need the Saints <laughs> game to uh, improve their draft stock. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I guess... Last thing on Hertz, Mitch, um, uh-huh. MVP market-wise or future-wise, did, did this do anything for you or impact any of your bets or push your hand on, on betting Mahomes? Or you said you had a lot of Cincy futures betting a Burrow yeah. or anything like that?
3: No, so I, I you know what, I, I'm, I have nothing on Hertz like several others do going back to the summertime when they grabbed 40, 50 to one, whatever yeah. it was. I just, Brutal I didn't do beat. that.
1: Brutal beat for that crowd.
3: Or I feel awful for those people uh, if he doesn't win the award because of this. I mean, that stinks. It really does. What I did is uh, when I was betting Bengals futures back in October, I was adding a little on uh, Herbert, uh, not Herbert, uh, Burrow to win the MVP. And so I think that there's a path. I think Mahomes minus 350 right now is a little too aggressive. Because there is a way in which the Bengals can get the one seed. And so just take care of business this week against the, uh, the Patriots. They have the Bills next Monday night at home. If they beat the Bills, they would need one loss by the Chiefs. And maybe that game for the Chiefs against the Raiders is going to be, uh, you know, a big. Here's like Las Vegas plays KC relatively well. I mean, they blew a big lead against that team, or and for whatever reason, the Chiefs like they're. It's I don't know if it's a bad matchup for the Chiefs, but what? Because it sounds weird to say that when you have Mahomes, but uh, the Raiders have done well, and they're very competitive with that team. And that the Bengals would somehow pull off the one seed and Mahomes would then have, or I'm sorry, I keep saying, if Burrow would have wins over Mahomes, Brady, and Allen down the stretch on the path to the one seed where he's putting up great numbers, I think
1: he's got a case.
0: That's a great point. That's a really I, solid
1: point. I don't mind Burrow. Um, I like him more than Allen. But in reality, it just, we're going to see who's who has the edge because it's going to come down to a Monday night football game, which is which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's just, I guess, leave leave it open to the rest of the the rest of the NFL Week 16 board. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, I know you got to get out of here for a media thing, so I'm going to let you go go first because I know Stephen. No pressure for you to throw anything out, Mitch. But Steve and I give out a best bet on the show before mm-hmm. we go, so Steve, I'm going to give it to you now, uh, just in case you're out of here by the time we wrap.
0: I, I like taking the Seahawks points here at plus 10 against the Chiefs and this is kind of the same mentality I had uh, this is the uh, the same mentality I had last week with the, with the Texans like you're just giving the Chiefs too many points and they're just not performing well in these double digit games like you know the Texans closed, I think was it 14 and a half points favorites over the Texans last week. They were awful and they've been performing really bad in these double digit games when they're favorites. This is gonna be the fourth time that they're double digit favorites if this stands. It is right now as we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. They're oh two and one ATS as a double-digit favorite this year, and they're brutal at home. They're one four and one ATS at home. Like this team is just like it just feels like the gas pedal just gets let off in the second half. Like maybe this is even a play for the Seahawks in the second half, but if the Texans were going to hang around as long as they did against the chiefs, and now you have a more competent team, more competent offense with the Seahawks. Like I'm comfortable taking the 10 points with the Seahawks. Uh, Both these, both these teams coming in, they haven't covered in five straight. So they both have that going for them. But there's nothing that I've seen in the past, like, two or three games out for the Chiefs where I feel like they can blow the doors off of another team at this point. They just they they just feel flat, like, like to me. Like, I know we're saying this as we're talking about Mahomes being the MVP, but I guess as a team overall, especially their defense, it, they just feel flat right now. So I, I like the Seahawks a lot at plus 10 on the road.
1: All right. You are just, uh, I don't know where this came from, but you're now this double-digit dog better every week on your best bet.
0: It's been profitable, though. You, well, I mean, you can't the say it has. Been.
1: In NFL for sure. Um, I've looked at so many spots on this on this NFL board. Um, I kind of wanted to do, and the Bucks are so bad, but they're going up against who knows, God knows who in this Arizona quarterback. I wanted to potentially do a Bucks Niners money line parlay. The min- I think it's McSorley
0: because I think McCoy had, right.
1: has- yeah. So like the Bucs need to win that game. I was going to put them with the Niners, but now the Niners ticked up to seven and a half. Um, like Mitch said, if the Eagles are at six, I'm, I'm all about the Eagles this week, but they're four and a half as as we record. I would love to go Bengals, but am I just diving headfirst into a trap? So <laughs> I'm going to say at the moment, I, I said that I don't care about this, the the spot for the Patriots being good, that, Losing that way in that fashion on a two-game West Coast trip was a dagger to them. So at the moment, I'm going to use Bengals minus three. But I will just say, I know we're talking about maybe the Texans being sharp against Tennessee and that number crashing. When player props come out, Derrick Henry has faced the Texans 11 times in his career. He averages 114 rushing yards. He has a good season in 11 games against him. He has 1,254 yards on 202 attempts, 6.2 yards per carry um, against Houston. When that rushing number comes out, I, I yeah. Steve and I talked. I bet Isaiah Pacheco rushing yards over against them last week. It was 69 and a half. He went into the 80s. They're giving up like a buck 65 or whatever it is on the ground, and yeah. Tannehill's dinged up. Derrick Henry rushing might be my my best bet this week i don't know if you've been doing many player props this week uh this season mitch uh
3: i have uh specifically in primetime games they were really good at the beginning of the season but the last four weeks have been uh not good it's flipped on me but it, so well, i'll throw a number at you what if they make the number 125 and a half for derrick henry because it's going to, it was a hundred and one and
1: a half last week against the charters it will no doubt be much higher than that. Be higher yeah i was Hoping for like a one ten, but I think you right. might be. It might be closer to your number if it's above one. Yep. If it's above one twenty, I think I'm. I gotta be enough.
3: Uh, it's. Uh, I think it's probably gonna open up the highest rushing prop we've ever seen for a running back. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because of what you said. I mean, it's four straight two hundred yard games.
1: Yep. Right. True. Yeah. All right. Well, I might be. They might be ahead of us on this one. (laughs) They very well might be ahead of us on this one. And it is an awful – it's like the worst matchup that the Texans could could possibly ask for. And if Tannehill's dinged up, it leads right into the game script
0: to just feed Henry Moore. He's been a punching bag the entire season. He's dinged up.
1: Tannehill. Oh, Tannehill. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, he's in –
1: He's in rough shape. I don't know. I guess I right, like, yeah. like it yeah. less. If Malik Willis plays, he'll steal some of the rushing yards, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. That's reason to like it less. Um. All right. I okay. guess before we get out of here, Mitch, I'll just leave, give the floor to you for a second. Um. Obviously host to follow the money with our good friends over at um V-Syn. You guys have a ton of fans out here, by the way, we're, we're Boston based. Um, I have you guys on, on Nesson from time to time while, while doing work. You guys got a big Boston fan base uh, thanks to that Nesson crowd. Um, but I see all the time that you guys, you guys cover all types of trends, win some, lose some. Is there anything going on? This doesn't have to be just football. Is there anything going on right now um, just across the sports betting uh, scene in terms of a trend? The, uh, a
3: couple of things in that, the NBA that, really that are that season? are pretty good. Uh, and we saw it again On Tuesday night, when you look at uh, teams ATS on the road, well, you know, everybody knows uh, how bad the Warriors have been so far on the road this year. I mean, that's been one of the stories of the NBA. They're now, after last night, getting blown out. They're 4-14 ATS. But did you know a team has actually overtaken them for the worst team on the road, ATS? And they're also very good. It's Memphis. They lost by double digits on the road last night and uh they're now 3-11 and 1 ATS so i've been i've been keeping my eye on those two teams certainly on the road and uh, so i'll give you one at home as well and they're in action tonight the best team to the over is your boston celtics so this team offensively all year long has been otherworldly they're 11-3 and 1 that's 79% fellas and they're going over on average by 11.3 points per game. That's been a good one. And it's just uh, something to definitely keep your eye on. It's not only the Celtics, by the way, it's Detroit too. And that came in Tuesday night where their games have been flying over at home. They're 11-4-1. So some things that are, you know, this time of year, we're just so buried in the NFL, college football, bowl games. And, uh, you know, unless you're working with a big group of people, it's tough to keep track of all this stuff. But there's some good stuff that you'd like to, you know, Keep your eye on in the NBA and the NHL, by the way, as well.
1: Very much so. The Celtics, I believe, hit the first half team total over in their first 13 home games of the season and then missed it by like 15 (laughs) points a game in those two home games against the Magic out of nowhere. Um, Get right spot Wednesday, Indy allowing 61 a game in the first half on the road. Uh, Celtics over 65. I think that team total, what is it? First half team total at home is 62 and a half on Wednesday for the Celtics sure. against the Pacers. Oh, very good. Uh, have really very good. I'll give you a play in the NFL too. The um, I'll, I'll
3: give you a two-team teaser. You mentioned how the Niners, go ahead. Uh, you might want to avoid them on the money line parlay. You know what? Now's the time, I think, for me to put them on a, a two-team teaser. I'll go below the key numbers of six and three. I'll do a two-team six-pointer. With uh, the 49ers down to one and a half, yeah. and uh, I know that this might be a little dangerous not knowing the quarterback situation. I'll, I'll tag that up with the Ravens laying one and a half at home. I'm fine with Huntley if he's going to go. Uh, we saw this team run for 200 yards against the Browns, even though J.K. Dobbins admitted that he, that he wasn't fully back two weeks ago. Um, I thought he looked good this past weekend again, and they're taking on a Falcons defense that is not sharp at all. And so Drew uh, Desmond Ritter did nothing last week and may, he's, he can only go up. I get that, but he did not do anything at all uh, as the new quarterback for the Falcons. Though, that'll be my two team teaser this week. Now that the Niners game is moved up to seven and a half.
1: All right. I like that. We're a, we're a teaser podcast yeah. here. The Niners are the teaser leg this week. It's just who, who you're going to put it with. Really? Baltimore's a good option um you can get those eagles up over over 10 if you want to go there in the divisional game you can get the colts up over 10 to 11 if if the colts are the side that you want to get some dogs that we can throw in there um steve you got anything to close out 2022 on the podcast because we're done for the year (laughs) see you next year (laughs) all right we're getting out of here it's been a bumpy road even before mitch joined us from a, a technical standpoint um, Mitch Moss from Veasan, host of All the Money. Thank you for battling the elements on phones and cameras. And uh, guys, thanks for having me. I'll do it anytime.
3: I owe you a uh, hundred after today. So my apologies for the disaster that was. It's totally on me. So, <laughs> so that stinks. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Hopefully, we will see you out in Vegas sometime soon. Um, I know you had some you had some dinner at Barry's on Saturday night with some friends. Friends of ours. Um, Steve hasn't been Steve, you got to get out here.
0: You got to go. I know. Uh, It's it's, it's been a few years. It's tugging at the heartstrings. Believe me.
1: Where do you – we're dragging a minute now. Mitch, where do you – because you know you're you're in Vegas. You know the food scene very well. For me, berries everywhere is like one of my favorite meals. That bone-in ribeye with some sides. Where's where's berries for you on the Vegas food scene? Oh no.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright, just end it. <laughs> All right, well, in classic fashion for the Unreasonable Odds podcast, uh, multiple technical issues today, but uh, thanks as always to producer Samir for slapping it all together and uh, hopefully producing a product that you guys enjoyed listening to. That is it for 2022. For Julian Edlow, for Steve Buchanan, we'll be back and better than ever in 2023. Talk to you guys then.
0: Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.